Hello, I'm Harry Stakini, and you are listening to the Staff Room Podcast, the show where each week I share anonymous stories from teachers who are overworked, underpaid, and close to a mental breakdown. So think of it as teacher therapy, as they remind us of all the troublemakers, class clowns, and the flat-out criminals we all remember from school. So join me and my guests and hear what your teachers really have to say. episode number nine of the staff room podcast how's it going everyone hope you're well i mean the pubs are reopened so i imagine a lot of people are feeling a, a massive massive bit of relief i mean i certainly am i've been looking forward to it for a while i met up with my mum on monday went to a, a weatherspoons beer garden to have me uh, my first drink it was it was great i uh, actually saw a guy who was sat alone on a table and uh, impressively sank half his pint within one gulp and then looked at a pigeon and went oh I needed that. <laughs> and he put a big smile on my face because I thought, um, yeah, everyone's uh, dealt with lockdown in different ways. But uh, yeah, that was his way of just, you know, getting rid of all that, all that stress and tension, sinking half a pint and then having a chat with a pigeon. <laughs> but yeah, I hope everyone's doing well. Now, before we get into this week's episode, I actually need to ask for a bit of help, right? I am currently on the hunt for some more teachers' stories because I'm starting to burn through the piggy bank that I've, I've, I've been storing up. Um, so if you're a teacher and you enjoy listening to the podcast and you've maybe been umming and in for a few weeks if to send a story in or not please do right i can promise you since uh, the first episode i've not had any issues with the stories uh, I've, I've put out there's been no backlash you know no one's got in touch like you bastard you've ruined my job there's, n- <laughs> there's been no issues so um you know if you're a teacher and you want to send a story in please just drop an email to staffroompod at gmail.com as i say it's 100 anonymous and uh, yeah it will be a good laugh um if you might know a teacher you know you could share with them your favorite episode of the podcast and uh you know get them to then get the creative juices going in their head they can drop me a story and if you don't know a teacher what you could do is just share it online you know on your socials uh, whether it be your favorite episode or just the podcast in general and just saying that i'm looking for stories and if if you could do that and just add in the email address staffroompod at gmail.com i would greatly appreciate it because i want to keep bringing your episodes and i've got enough to keep me going for a few weeks but um yeah I'm starting to get to the point where I'm like, it's like when the, the warning light on your petrol tank comes on, you know what I mean? Like that's that's on at this moment in time um, and it'd be nice to kind of get back over the halfway mark. So yeah, if you're enjoying the podcast and you want to uh, help me out, I would greatly appreciate if you could do any of them three things by getting your stories into me. So yeah, the story that I've got for you today as coming from a teacher who seems like they are a proper laugh. I mean, they've sent me a story about the time they went on a school trip to Rome with years eight and 10. And it's got a little bit of everything in it, right? They talk about the good old days of school trips and how the school trips that kids go on now are nothing like they were in the past. Um, They're talking to me a little bit about hotel problems they had there. You know, kids tearing the rooms up. Teachers happen to be on night watch, which I didn't even know was a thing. You've actually got to sit out in a corridor and make sure that no one's going into each other's rooms and trying anything on. Um, And there's also, you know, the head teacher who features in quite a few of the stories I've had now. There's always a head teacher who definitely seems like a bit of a knobhead. And this has got one as well. Um, And there's one student at the centrepiece of this who shines through. Sound very interesting, but I imagine it won't take you long to figure out um, who I'm referring to. But I'll let all of that come out within the story. So thank you very much to the teacher 
Richard that sent this one in. I appreciate the fact that uh, it seems like this podcast is is providing a nice outlet for you. So <laughs> thank you very much for getting the story in because uh, it was great. And the first one I've had that's coming from a school trip. So um, yeah, if any of your teachers are listening and they might have a, a story from their school trip experience, you know, send it in to me. It'd be nice to get a bit of a range. Um, I've not had one yet from a parents' evening as well, which um, I don't know. I, I, I imagine some of my parents' evenings were well, they were all, all right to be honest. My dad used to like embarrass me, but I don't know. Is there a teacher out there who's got anything like really brutal, where they've like put the kid down or something like that, or the parents kicked off of them? Um, I don't know. If you do, let me know because I would love to hear it. Now, my guest for this week is Jamie Hutchinson, who is someone I've worked with loads of times within comedy. I mean, we've both seen each other do really well in rooms, and then we've both seen each other where you where afterwards you come off and you're like, I can see what you're trying to do there. It's not quite landing, but I could see what you were trying to do. So <laughs> we've had some laughs, and uh, it's great to have him on the show. Jamie actually won uh, Manchester Comedian of the Year a few years back and uh, was nominated for the Leicester Mercury Award, um, which is a massive award. So really, really good to have him on the show. And um, he's, he's an open book when it comes to his school days. I mean, we dive proper deep into him. He tells me about the fact that in his primary school days, he went from being this timid kid to kind of like hitting his prime in year five and six. That's that's when he says himself he's peaked in life, years five and six. Um, we also talk about the fact that there's a love saga story to Jamie's school days, which, uh, you know, introduced him to the world of heartache. But, you know, if he's in his prime at year five and six, you've got to understand this kid was a heartthrob, right? He was a hit with the women. <laughs> so, yeah, I look forward to hearing about that. Uh, then Jamie also drops in about his, his school days within secondary school and how things started to change for him. And then how he was handed an award by a teacher that um, was brutal. There's no other way to, to, to say it. It was absolutely brutal. But I'll let Jamie tell you more about that within the episode. I'll just quickly say that we did have a bit of a technical issue when recording this. So apologies if the sound is a bit crackly. But let's get cracking. This is me, Jamie Hutchinson, and a school trip to Rome. Enjoy. <laughs> Can I just say as well, uh, I actually shared your shoe story on episode five with Oh, Lauren did Patterson. you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was ace because like it's interesting because every guest I have on, I enjoy like finding out about what the school days are like. But like you said, you listened to the one with Callum. I was surprised that Callum was a bit of a shit in school. You know, I, I would never have thought that. I thought he would have been popular, but not in any way, you know, uh, difficult. Um, but then, yeah, I suppose. In your school days, I imagine as you were probably a bit of a gobshite. Mate, I've, I I completely transformed, mate. I went from awesome cat to a Ferrari in school. <laughs> right, okay. Hang on, is this like from year eight to year 11 or do you no, mean from, from leaving? From primary. So primary, I was a proper timid, really, really scared kid. Like to a point where I was scared of mashed potato. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, even though it's been mashed as well, it's not even hard. <laughs> yeah, I am. Yeah, I was fucking... I, I, Save mashed potato was served. Um, I was that weird about mash that I used to have to have my own table. <laughs> but then uh, one day Craig Pearson came up and he was like showing himself chewing loads of mash and just threw up everywhere. It made... I've not, never... Right. Never had mash, and it's still that's like the the burning genesis of me, me, me uh, psychological problems. So primary school, really timid, and I thought I need 
I need it. Even at a very young age, I thought I need a USP. Here. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm drifting. I'm drifting into nothingness. <laughs> so I was one of them kids, mate. Where I was jealous of people who had asthma. <laughs> What, because they had a thing, you know what I mean? Fucking hell, lucky bastard. Yeah, two puffs over there. <laughs> Getting taken away in an ambulance, you stuffy twat. <laughs> That's going to get some sympathy. So I needed a thing. Now, when I was eight, I've not really shared this before or talked about it, but I lied to the police and said I witnessed an armed robbery. <laughs> Right, okay. <laughs> so, on our on our street, there was a pawn shop two doors down from our house. And I was playing out or whatever. And when I came in, I was a bit late. <laughs> you know, when, like, say, you're in at six or whatever for your tea. I was, a, I was a bit late. I was, like, half an hour, 45 minutes late. And I came okay. in. If I was late, usually, they'd just say, what time to call this or whatever. But I came in this day and... Like my parents like visibly shook, and Joe, you know, when parents have panicked and they couldn't find the kid, yeah, yeah, it's like that mix of relief but anger, and the relief comes out as anger. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, mate, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I took that as just anger. I didn't see the subtlety of it. Now, <laughs> what had happened? The reason why there was uh, relief stroke angered was. There was an armed robbery at the shop that was on our street. Right, so and I, this, is what, this is what you've just made up? No, no, not what I've made up, what actually happened. Right, okay. And then, so he went, there's been a robbery, there's been a robbery at Joe's, I thought he was involved, I, you know, I was worried about. <laughs> so then I, why, and she said, why are you so late? And I went, oh, I saw what happened, so I hid behind a car. <laughs> and I, I thought, buzzing, got away with that. Two days later, my dad's taking me to the police station to give a statement. It's like, oh my God. So, oh, wow. So I'm going to the police station to give this statement, mate. And it's in like, um, it was in like, you know, an interview, but loads of soft furniture. It's like a living room, basically. You know, to make it, there's like, not calm. Child psychology expert there. And mate, I swear to God, I just come up with so much fucking bullshit. <laughs> Mate, I, I was there, and, and, and <laughs> I didn't know what the phrase armed robbery meant, and I thought he, he meant axe robbery. Right. <laughs> so I'm there with the police, I'm like, yeah, yeah, and, and, and they're telling me like, it's important to tell the truth and all that, and, and don't, they're, not, they're not talking straight about the crime or anything, they're just talking to me as a person to yeah. get stuck on yeah. They're talking about morals. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, my dad's in the double glass, you know, like where you can see. Yeah. So my dad's with a, with a police. He said he was, I was with a policeman either side of me. And I was watching you, do you know what I mean? But I weren't allowed in the room with you. And then I go, and, and, he, and he said, do, do you feel safe on your street or anything? Do you feel safe when you go and play out on your street? And I went, yeah, yeah, well, my dad's got a gun in his, in his drawer, so. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad went, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> banging on the glass and I but then I start making up this story mate I went 
Yeah, sorry, all, sorry, all. God, when you mentioned the gun, did they just brush over that? Like, yeah, we know about that, but we we want to. They, they knew I was. They knew I was lying. Yeah, they could. Right, okay. As I said, I said, yeah. They went, Have you ever been to a police station before? And I went, Well, me and my dad do go kart races in back for my house. <laughs> just loads of bollocks, mate. And um, anyway, so now the talking's about what I saw. I, mean, I was I was playing out. And I saw some men men go in, and then then they hit him with the axe. <laughs> no axe, mate. Bloody hell! So I, I got a bit of a lecture about telling telling the truth for that, but that sort of brought me out Michelle a bit. And that was when I was about eight. Then a, <laughs> then, then a big break happened for me at a school wise. This was right, okay. this is so when I was in primary school. Um, jealous of kids of asthma weren't that great at football weren't bad at football or anything but that's that that can get your social status number one being good for you or being hard yeah yeah didn't have any didn't have any obvious ailments which I was good about because I thought that's a free hit <laughs> so I wanted to be the guy that was known for being good at his times tables and that went, oh, I've seen <laughs> you seen Rain Man over there <laughs> on the ball I hope she's alright I hope she's alright you <laughs> You know, seven times nine, he's all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then I I, I got this urge to start writing. When we was writing in year four, I was the first one onto pens. So I'm like, I'm in, <laughs> do you know that when you, when you. Pen license. Yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, listen, I'm on pens in October. Here. I'm fucking flat. I'm one term in, I'm on, I'm on ink. <laughs> I was last one on pens, me, mate. Spent most years eating them. Um. <laughs> we, we, we had this writing test, and I what, just writing a story, and I'd written an episode of The Simpsons, oh, well, like a, a 10 minute sketch or whatever. Yeah. And then my teacher absolutely loved it. So I started writing, and I, I used to write an episode of The Simpsons during my dinner breaks and then we'd all act it out on a Friday at the end of the <laughs> So I was writing, writing plays nine. Is that SNL? <laughs> so I was, I was writing Simpsons episodes at nine. Anyway. Um, was that it, your big break then? From that, the... No, because I was still socially quite timid and stuff. <laughs> but that was my expression. Do you know what I mean? I can, I can be on with Simpson for an afternoon. <laughs> so big break year five year five was a massive year though in year five I had to move school in year five you know from you know from primary school to a different school right, yeah yeah so you still going from one primary to another though yeah because right. me me mum me mum and dad my mum, no, my mum and my gran had an argument over my dad's nose. <laughs> right, okay. And and there was various aftershocks, one of which was me moving to a different school. Right. Because <laughs> my gran was caretaker of the school and my mum was like, oh, you're not seeing Jamie and all that. And then I went to a different school. Right, okay. Different school, year five, and that is when I went from Jamie to Hutcher. <laughs> Big difference there, mate. And that was 
I, I had a rebrand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jamie's a lad that's good at his times tables. Hotchie can play right wing. That's the difference, <laughs> isn't it? I had, I had a rebrand and I was, I, I got to be naughty and through being a bit naughty, I got more popular. Right, it tends, it tends to be the case. Loudest one in the room tends to get the most attention. Yeah, I've, my teacher had curly hair for a pencil and it stuck in her hair and that was like an iconic moment. So, <laughs> Did she know? Eventually, yeah. yeah. Right, okay, yeah. She was that. Because <laughs> I, I went up to go and sharpen it. Right, <laughs> right. Fuck off. She told me off and then turned around to like write my name on the board and went, fuck off. So that was... Right, okay. That's, that was my genesis into being a bit gobshite, a bit naughty. But at the same time, I was always a bit of a scruffy kid. So I, I used to, I used to like to, you know, chew my jumper and that. <laughs> right, okay. So, <laughs> right. so hang on, hang on, hang on. So you, you you started off quiet, then you went to like a bit, bit of a gobshite and a class clown. But were like, were you always funny at school? Yeah. Right, okay, because I was oh, laughing my head off at the fact Callum was voted second funniest. <laughs> um, I didn't know the, they gave out them awards, but yeah, you were funny I, at school. I think I had more sophisticated humour than the most people. I think I was a bit more sarcastic and than because there was there was people who were like funny in terms of doing, you know, like fucking spraying a fire extinguisher all over yeah, the place, yeah. that kind of school hijinks. Whereas I was, you know, quite refined, funny man. <laughs> quite, quite, quite refined, refined class clown. Right, okay. Doing like wordplay and all sorts. Yeah. Oh, do, you got, do you get that, guys? Do you get yeah. <laughs> Bit of prop, you know? Yeah. Heckling, heckling with puns. <laughs> <laughs> hey, why are you at this school? Keep your nose out of it, all right? Doing, doing satire and Missy trying to read Great Expectations. Yeah, <laughs> but even in high school, because we had a, we, even in high school, I had a split personality, and I kind of still do now, to be honest. So in some lessons, I would, if you spoke to some of my classmates, really, it was a really big school. So if you speak to like classmates from drama, they'd say I was a bit of a nerd because I just I, I loved it. It was a bit of you know something I wanted to get into. Whereas yeah. if you spoke to someone wherever did maths or whatever you'd say that oh, is one of the lads kind of thing so I had yeah, I even had a I had a, a split image across even high school in, in that okay. time one thing that happened year eight this was mega this this was this was my first step into heartbreak right okay okay here we go uh, right uh, dim the lights here we go <laughs> so the genesis story starts with my rebrand. Jamie Hutchinson comes to your school, age nine. He's a bad boy. He's blonde. He's fit. He's, he's blonde? I was blonde. <laughs> Mate, right, okay, for the benefit of the listener, Jamie has, uh, I'd say, strawberry blonde hair, but it's more red than it is blonde. It's ginger now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Acceptance is the first stage of overcoming grief, and it's, I can say it's ginger. <laughs> Oh, I was I was more bonded. I still got called ginger and everything. And if you listen, if you got a jewel's colour chart, you'd probably say it's more ginger still. But <laughs> in my head, then I was I was blonde. I was this blonde, blue-eyed bad boy. So I was a bit 
I was fancied by a couple of girls, which is very strange to hear because I'm not. Right, I've not. Don't put aged, yourself down here, Jamie. Do not, not put yourself down here, pal. Listen, I, I've not aged well. I'm glad this is released on an audio medium, right? <laughs> but what are you? Twenty nine? Or you thirty now? Thirty now, right? Okay. I've had a couple of decades. <laughs> so your heyday was year five. Is that what you said? No. But this girl fancied me. She was obsessed. She was obsessed with me because uh, someone had found that she'd written about me in a diary and all that. And she got picked on a bit for it. So I mean, like, ah, you fancy a boy, that's gay. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> but she she didn't have the, the social status. Do you okay. know what I mean? It's, it'd be like, you know, like when royalty don't go into the working classes. When we, you know. <laughs> right, but you're putting yourself in royalty here, or is she yeah. royalty? Right, you're royalty. Social, socially, I'm an aristocrat. You know, I'm like, look, <laughs> listen, if it was up to me, it, it'd be on, but I can't, you know, I won't get this passed. It's a PR yeah. night. I said it's a PR nightmare. <laughs> I'm not going back to my times tables days. <laughs> so she fancied me. But I fancied this other girl called Amy, right? And we was we was starting to get on. But I'd, you know, never asked her out because, you know, it's it's still that overcoming asking your first girl out, right? And even in my head then I wanted I thought, I can't just ask her out, it's Amy. This is you know, she's got some she can colour in with the best of them. <laughs> A simple, you know, a, a simple kind of sit with you. It's not going to wash with someone like her. No. <laughs> she knows she knows a way around a Crayola box. <laughs> so the skill, the tivit is coming up right. Now I, I'm I'm cast as the narrator, obviously, because right. I'm brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> She's in the choir, right? So... Uh, after every scene, the choir singer, you know, a Christmas carol or a hymn or whatever. And every time I got up, I was looking at her for comfort. Do you know when you and and uh, it's not going great, but you make eye contact with someone who's really enjoying it, and that's like your comfort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, I get you. That's what was happening. I, I was it was like a struggling new material gig. Do you know what I mean? Trying to make a little joke on Bethlehem and Nazareth, and really land. I think there's a Couple of Bethlehem people in that didn't take that didn't take too kind to it. So yeah. a, bit, a bit under the cosh, but I still got still got half an hour to go. <laughs> she's my she. I was like, right, just play to Amy. Do you know what I mean? To play to Amy, right, and that's that comfort. And we're smiling at each other throughout the thing. Like, I swear to God, Harry, right? I saved myself from the worst moment of humankind, and I was this close. To doing something so bad, it would, I'd probably be put in front of the Hague on more crimes. But <laughs> in my head, I built this up so much to ask her out that I wanted when when I was wrapping the nativity up and all that. <laughs> in my head, I had planned to say, "That's not what's Christmas about." The nativity. Christmas is about family. It's about love. And I love Amy. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, mate. If you'd done that, that would have been yeah, yeah, end of school life for you. That's what I had planned, mate. 
I swear to God, that's why I had fun. And I, I, and I just bottled it at the last minute. But <laughs> I was good. looking at good. I was looking at her when I was wrapping up. I was looking at her, and it, it's like the words one. It's like my throat was saying, "Is is he fucking mad? No way, no way." Um. Anyway, so stop yourself from asking around. Now after the show, right? You know it's like green room groupies. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone stood around you, you jammy dodgers. Yeah, yeah, all right. Her mate comes up to me and she, and she goes, and now in hindsight, I realise what's happened. In hindsight, I realise what's happened. But she's come up to me, Callie, and she's gone, do you, do you fancy Amy or something? Fancy Amy? Oh, like, what? No, no. <laughs> we're, just, we're just friends, we're just friends. And she went, yeah, well, she don't like you anyway. I went, yeah, yeah, I don't like her. And then the friendship kind of just drifted and, and ended, really. But two years later, so one thing to know, in our high school, we had two halves of the year. We had X and Y. So X did French, Y did Spanish. That was the main difference. So year six, the nativity, and then from January to the end of school in July or whatever it is, me and Amy kind of drifted on that. This is just drifting into nothingness. And, right. and then when the draw comes out, she's an X. I mean, why? Now, in high school, that's like Montague's and Capulets. Never, ever be allowed. <laughs> it's, it's just, that is, it's not, it's Israel, Palestine. It's just <laughs> forbidden love. Yeah. He's an ex him, leaven him. <laughs> 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 that's what the difference was like when year eight again I start off my school life a little bit of a trampy geek a little bit of a scruff getting away getting by and being funny I'm pretty bottom middle I'm I could drip right. I could get a European place I could get relegated I've got right. a, I've just got to ride ride the wave year seven year eight so I'm at dinner I turn around with my tray and Amy's there with a mate, Naomi. Naomi's one of the one of like the you know cool cooler kids. Because right? Amy's shot up. She starts like brilliant. I went, fuck it, fair play. She's she's come from like mid table obscure. She's like she's doing Alaska. She's going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I turn round, and Amy nudges Naomi, and she says loud enough so I can hear. Do you see him there? I used to fancy him like mad in year six. I'm like, oh. She'd sent Callie to go and get a feeler. So I, and then, you know, I've got that I've got that maturity of a 12-year-old now <laughs> where I can see that was the naivety of a 10-year-old. And I, I can see now <laughs> the world makes a bit more sense. So I'm about to turn around and tell her that I fancied her too. As I turned around, Naomi went, do you think she's fucking ugly now, though? Like, oh. <laughs> As you say, mate, you peaked in year five and six. <laughs> I was fucking done. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. The the story that I've actually got for today, right, um, as as coming from a teacher who was on a school trip, right, and yeah. uh, the guest I've had on, I've been trying to pair to the stories I'm getting, and uh, I like the fact this school trip's an international one, and uh, I thought it'd be good to share it with you because uh, I know you're not a massive fan of travelling, are you? I hate holidays. I I hate. <laughs> you know what? I hate. Use 
driving someone fucking asses about climbing up four hours up Mount Snowden, take a picture. Well, yeah, but look at the view. Fuck <laughs> the view. Google it. Yeah, Save <laughs> we had a, we had a proper chat about this in the car one time. I remember going to a gig and. Uh, yeah, you just, I just, it's just not for me, like, like <laughs> going here, there, and everywhere. Um, but th- did you have any school trips from school before I get into this, or did you always opt out of them? Yeah, no, I went to Barcelona in year seven and caused this. Uh, I had a PR nightmare. PR nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> end of year seven, and I'd grafted, I'd grafted because I was a really small kid, easy to get picked on. I'd grafted through being funny in that what what got me through to the end of year seven was i was coming out and uh the office hard kid piggy you know <laughs> that was his name nickname piggy yeah so I, i'm scared to talk about him now mate he's a fucking he had like dead pig like eyes <laughs> like a shark <laughs> <laughs> and little trotters and a curly tail <laughs> yeah so I'm coming downstairs. And I was I was a bit gobby as a year seven. I was a bit of a gobshite, and um, you know, in class and all that. And I come down, and he's an ex. Do you know what I mean? He's like the cock of X. <laughs> so, so I'm coming down, and he, he goes, Are "You Jamie Hutchinson?" I go, oh, "No." Well, if I if I, I slag Piggy off, <laughs> how does he even know who I am? And he's surrounded by his cronies, like. And he went, I think I'm gonna get I'm gonna get sued in for me, Dr. Pepper there. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, I heard you do impressions. I'm like, uh, yeah, I do I, I do and then he says to me, looks at me, then he went, Go on then. <laughs> so then I do an impromptu five spot. And <laughs> you think stand up's fucking nerve-wracking this is this is performance mate what to the year eight mafia uh. so i so i'm doing like impressions of the teachers and that and it's just you know brummy teacher doing a brummy accent scouse teacher doing the scouse accent that kind of thing nothing too sophisticated and he's not laughed once and at the end he goes uh yeah i like you so <laughs> So then I had a bit of security. So then I got away. I know my me, me has gradually grew, and we went to Barcelona. My PR crumbled, and I because I was, I was scared. I was scared of my mum. I'm going to Barcelona. Now we're a skin family, so going to Barcelona is a bit of a big deal. Do you know what I mean? So she, she's borrowed a suitcase off me, Nana. On the suitcase, do you know, on the, the metal logo of, yeah, a, yeah. of a suitcase, like the brand, she had a Pokemon sticker. Right, <laughs> so she knows it's hers. Yeah, so it was like a little wasp one. It wasn't even a good one. It's like a wasp one, like like correct. Was it called Karanka or something? I don't know. I don't know, mate. I, like, yeah, one of the really shit bug ones, right? Not a shiny or anything. <laughs> Not as she had as hard, mate. No. So she stuck it on for context. You know, someone who does practical jokes and things like that she's made me believe I've won the lottery twice she's a fucking nightmare <laughs> so she goes she goes to it now whatever you do do not lose that Pokemon sticker because <laughs> <laughs> you know the Spanish are famous for their black market Pokemon sticker deals 
<laughs> so go to Barcelona, I'm sharing sharing room with my friends and stuff like one night come back and my mates just ripped that sticker off. And I got so anxious about it, I burst out crying and I was un I was inconsolable that I'd lost this sticker. Because I'm thinking I'd get battered off my man for losing yeah. this. You get shooed in, as you say. So it's like fucking cries over Pokemon. So my PI <laughs> fucking hit the ground. Also on that trip, we had a flood in our room in our in our hotel room. Now you weren't allowed to go in each other's rooms, it was dead strict rule. My mate had a shower and flooded the room. So my, my mate from another room came in to see the damage. Oh, what's going on here? Coming on here? My mate Ziggy, it was all flooded. And then a teacher was coming to check it out. So Ziggy hid in the wardrobe for three hours while the teacher and the hotel staff sorted out this flood. <laughs> That's a lot of the stuff that you're saying there kind of features within this. Oh, because, yeah. um, I'll, so I'll give you context of it, right? Um, it's a, it's, a, it's a school trip uh, and it's coming from a teacher who was on this trip and it, it talks about a head teacher who was a bit of a nightmare. Uh, but the teacher who sent it in does seem a bit of a laugh, right? So I'll get cracking with it. And if anything jumps out, feel free to, uh, you know, jump in. So, um, hello, the staff room. School trips are minefields for teachers for a lot of reasons. Back in the day, you could take 20 kids to France, buy knives, fireworks, and then all get shit-faced on the free wine at tea time and have a good sing-song. Then when the kids had gone to bed, you could start the serious drinking. These were the days when the kids knew not to wake the teachers before 9am and all was good. When I first read that, like, first bit they sent in, that sounded like a stag do to me. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that didn't sound like a school trip. That sounded like a stag do, like a year 10's got married and they're going, all right, we'll tie it in with a trip. <laughs> um, Back in the day when they had a crash in the strippers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, trying to do your own work on the like dim light in a nightclub um, <laughs> right so uh, school trips these days are extracurricular activities which shows you just how much fun they aren't the most recent trip I went on was to Rome with year 8 and 10 the head teacher had said anyone who wants to come on the trip could it was a nice idea in theory as for some this would be, be their first trip abroad and would be an experience as you, like you said there first time we went to Barcelona on school on that school trip yeah. Offers things out, doesn't it, right? So we, we block booked an early morning Jet 2 flight. 30 flatulent kids in the middle of a plane filled with businessmen and women didn't make for the best start. They were passing around sweets and playing games like who could unfurl the bog roll the quickest and who could fart the loudest. I didn't expect the surrounding passengers to get involved, but was quite relieved when they did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, when, uh, when we arrived in Rome, a boss took us to our hotel, but think more digs. The first major incident was when a lad arrived at my door looking slightly sheepish. Um, Sir, my, the toilet in my room is, is blocked. Now, in this situation, you can either get a member of the hotel staff to come and have a look, but chances are this is going to show up on your bill. So most teachers will assess the situation at first. Cue me walking into this lad's room and within 20 minutes, it was a tip. Right? I've tiptoed over empty Haribo packets and straighteners when the most noxious smell of shit was apparent. The toilet that this lad had laid a log in, probably brewing since we'd left the UK, was a bidet. <laughs> um, oh my God. Uh, <laughs> which I, do you know what? I know people that have done this in the past and I don't see how you can confuse a toilet and a bidet. If anything, a bidet looks like a little bath. You know what I mean? <laughs> 
Yeah, horrendous. But um, yeah, this was certainly a case of me telling the lad to sort it out. I wouldn't be surprised if he and his pal probably ate it as a dare. Um, (laughs) Do you know, like, someone in my family uh, manages hotels, right, Um, or works within that industry, but uh, I know they've managed them in the past. And they've told me that it is actually very common within hotels to have like poos on the floor and things like that. Um, and they, they have, I think she, what was it? It was 50 pounds to pick up the poo. That's what they'd pay the staff to like, to do it, which I'd pick up a poo for 50 quid, mate, easy. You've just, honestly, that has just triggered something in me when you said 50 pounds poo. Right. <laughs> I used to work with this lad, right? And he used, he used to work and uh, something to do with tax, right? And an email's gone round saying saying there's someone smearing shit on the walls. Hang on, so, in, in, in the toilet, <laughs> just in the office, like in the boardroom. Who's doing that? So, right, okay. So, someone's having a dirty protest. <laughs> shit on the wall every evening. And, you know, the cleaning company's complaining, but it's actually costing us money because if a cleaner has to, like, clean ex- excrement off a, off a wall, <laughs> they get a higher rate of pay. Yeah, which, naturally, you would want, wouldn't you? <laughs> it was ongoing and ongoing, and it got really, he said it was, it was honestly fucking getting seriously investigated. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> People were scared to go to the toilet in yeah. case it was... Yeah, we're taking samples of everyone, right? Okay. <laughs> Sending them off to the lab. And it turned out, mate, the biggest coup of all time was the cleaner. Right, hang on, so he's making a bit of extra money. <laughs> cleaner was shitting, smearing it on the wall, getting the higher pay grade. Mate, even though he's a cleaner, doesn't mean he's got shit for brains. That's initiative, <laughs> that, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> what? That is... An amazing, amazing scam. No expenses. Yeah. <laughs> mate, I, was, I think that's one of the best scams of all time, mate. Uh, so, how, how did they find out it was the cleaner? I, I don't know, but it, it turned out it was the cleaner. And, that's I, hilarious. I don't, I don't know if they got caught in the act or they admitted it or whatever, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's uh, initiative, though. Fair play. Yeah. <laughs> Brown-handed. <laughs> Um, like it, mate. There's subtle humour, you know what I mean. <laughs> um, one of the best right. comedians in my price range. Yeah. Um, hang on, this it's a long one. This right, so they've, yeah. they've continued there. Um, right, there was this one student who had a number of issues, shall we say? She was the sort of girl that would talk to literally anyone who would and wouldn't listen and tell them their life story. She had no filter and no volume control. When we were walking around the quiet little streets, all you can hear is this fog on booming and rippling away <laughs> any illusion of culture. <laughs> um, I, I want to go for a pint with this man. I like his bits of <laughs> He's got a good sense of you, really. Um, right, so uh, this girl, it's probably no surprise, was not liked in the group and even less so in her room. She had the facial expressions of Chunk from the Goonies and did a mean truffle shuffle too. No lie. <laughs> And had the voice and tone of Zed from Police Academy. You know, the garbled voice guy. Do you know who this person is? Yeah. Yeah, he's like... Rrr. So, <laughs> for, the, for the benefit of the listener, that's how he sounds. Um, but uh, honestly, she would shout at milk and turn it into yoghurt. And the other guy... <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Well, I, I like this, yeah. listen. So, yeah, she, she would shout at milk <laughs> and turn it into yoghurt and talk the other girls in her room into insanity. But more oh. on her later. Uh, and this is like similar to what you were saying about you couldn't go into each other's rooms, right? Uh, every night on the school trip, you need to have one teacher on duty in the corridors so that the kids don't get up to anything and everything that they're used to on school trips. So you'd have to sit with another member of staff and either chat quietly or read a book and listen out for any murmurings. Some teachers would turn this into a covert operation. After all, kids are sneaky. Sir, can I just pop into Brad's room and get my air dryer? And then three hours later, you realise they've been sexting the girls and it's mayhem. There's going to be no sexting tonight, ladies and gents. Uh, and then I messes my ex. You're still up. <laughs> or, or, or sometimes I hear the lads chatting about what channel the softcore stuff is on and you make note. Um, <laughs> right. Um, anyway, I'm camped outside Chunk Zed's room and she is speaking so loudly that I can hear exactly what she's saying. It's something along the lines of Greg Pasties and shagging. <laughs> 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 see the person who sent this in hasn't specified at all where the school is but within that line of Greg Pasties and Shagging I immediately thought this has got to be in the north you know it's not Birmingham definitely yeah, yeah it's got to be like this, this 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 no one's saying that if you live in Kent right <laughs> it's too, too far down um right so at this point fearing I've stumbled into a mountain of paperwork I knock on the door and say, girls, bedtime now, and then listen to check that they followed my request. Naturally, they don't, and you walk away for the good of your career. I like this teacher, you know what I mean? They, they've got a good sense of humour. Um, right, so... Um, yeah, sorry, the head teacher, who was the trip leader and also a stubborn prick, there's no other words to describe him. Rather than giving each group leader their group tickets for the Metro, he would insist on feeding each ticket into the machine on his own. One of his phrases, or sly digs to me, as I had a crafty sig round the back uh, of a toilet stop, was, I led by example. Yet as we were waiting in the queue to get into the Sistine Chapel, he was quite literally honking on his e-sig. Now, have you ever been to Rome? Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, what do you what do you make of it? Because like, I've I've been and I thought it was. My dad loved it, and I thought it was like a seven out of ten. I enjoyed it, but my dad was like, it was like walking for a film set. He he buzzed off it, but I've been well, to the Sistine Chapel. I went for football reasons. I went. Um, <laughs> I had to watch United Roma. Yeah. Well, no, I actually got uh, it was Champions League final, and I missed uh, uh, an A level exam for it. Um, we got the coach to Rome. I, but I told my parents that I was staying at my friend's house. Yeah. And I, my friend had stayed at my house. And um, so we sneaked to Rome. 40 hours on the coach. And we was in a campsite. They had they built like a bit like, you know, like Glastonbury or whatever, but for United fans, you know where the show old matches, they had music on, it was class. Yeah. Did you wear but, the run shoes? Champions <laughs> 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 League final was um, uh, was was midweek, so I told me dad like, oh yeah, I'm staying at Michael's, but I'll probably stay there all the week because his mum's on holiday. Um, yeah, I've got an exam on Wednesday. I'll text you how it goes and all that. So we get there, 
Tuesday morning and then my dad texts me and he just goes, oh, just making sure you had a good, because I said I stayed down the Monday or whatever and he just went, just texting you, making sure you got there, you know, just making sure you're all right at, at your friend's house and all that. I went, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, sound. And he went, and did you do your exam this morning? I went, yeah, just come out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes, you like bastard. I just saw you on GMTV. <laughs> <laughs> just in the background. They had cameras there, but yeah, I'm just, I just think, like, you, you know, they're not British, because there's loads of countries it could be, really. Yeah. <laughs> You're doing interviews. Yeah, we should, should really be doing me uh, test at the moment. And she just, no, yeah, so it's like an interview, but not with me. She just, you know, picked a good looking lad. This was, you know, I'd have only gone her for shoulder seven times nine. <laughs> so, and can you four just sit in the background? So, like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. So she's interviewing this lad and we're all sat in the background. And my dad went to turn on the telly and went, Looks they go took a double t- <laughs> and he said an early joke on me toast. Uh, that's, that's my story of Rome. That's hilarious. Um, so, wait, wait, obviously, wait, hang on, was this 2011? Nine, 2009. Nine. No, 2000, I'm thinking of one that's what Wembley, wasn't it? Where, yeah, yeah, um, that's uh, mate, that's, that's balls on you to do that, you know what I mean? Yeah, I was only allowed to. A sleepover if it was okay with their mum, you know what I mean? Yeah, I was, I just, I it was, it was, it felt good to do it. It felt like, mate, we, yeah, we felt like we was on the run. It was good. How old would you have been? 18. 18. Oh, I forget. Yeah, you're older than me, aren't you? I was thinking you might like thinking, I thought like year 11, you know, what I mean? <laughs> no. turning up in your school blazer. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we'll make this pat lunch last for the week. All right. <laughs> Um, fair play though, mate. I like that. Um, right, so, but you didn't, you didn't see anything in Rome, like you didn't do any of the, the tourist dot spots. Yeah, I went to the Colosseum and that, but I'm not, I'm, not, I'm just not impressed by stuff. <laughs> see, I the Sistine Chapel, I I went to right. So I, I tell you what, I'll continue before I mention that because. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so before we get inside, I suggest that I take a smaller group and lead a tour. Surprisingly, the head agreed. And it was a great moment when some of the cooler kids wanted to be in my group, as do the teachers. And he was left with Chunk Z Girl and a few stragglers. I was loving my new tour guide role and started telling risque jokes to the teachers about the size of Adam's appenditure on the ceiling, not realising that I'm radio mic'd up. Cue 20 teenagers and a few staff laughing loudly and a security guard telling me, you must leave. Ah, well, it's not every day you hear about a teacher getting thrown out the Sistine Chapel, right? <laughs> and <laughs> when I went there, right, because it's, um, uh, it's you know, it's all the painted ceiling. It's like a whole room that's been decorated. And um, I'm not religious, but like I was like, this is impressive. And one of the lads that I was with, right, had been going on for weeks and weeks and weeks. We'd been like interrailing around Europe and he'd be, he'd be saying for weeks he just wanted to get on a jet ski, right? And we were in, uh, we were heading to Barcelona for the next stop and he was like, we'll just get on jet skis. How well, old are you at this point? Uh, 18. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, 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 I wouldn't have been. Uh, tell a lie. I would have been tw- turning 21. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Right. So, we're walking through the Sistine Chapel, right? And it's silent. You can't say a word in there. Um, so everyone's just looking up and you stay like footsteps and that. And uh, he's been going on about his jet skis and he looks up at them 
And he looks down at me and he goes, it's good, yeah, but it's not as good as jet skiing. I was like, you, you can't compare the two, mate. You know what I mean? They're complete, completely different things. But yeah, that's always stuck with me. Um, right. So um, yeah, we uh, we finally get to the airport on a Sunday evening to fly home. And the head announces that he expects to see everyone in school tomorrow at 8am for a debrief. We were getting a delayed 11pm flight. I know exactly how a nightmare, isn't it? Andy McNabb. <laughs> We attack at dawn. Um, so they're getting a delayed 11pm flight back to England. Um, and he tells the kids, if they don't turn up to school tomorrow, they'll be excluded. What a way to finish your holiday. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, so I sat down on a chair and aimed to recline, putting my feet up on my hand luggage, only to have Chunk Zed slide up to me with a pink sliders on and perch her and a lamb chop feet on my case as well. <laughs> um, oh, this girl. Uh, I'm trying to eat those. Um, this, this is how they finished it, right? Um, I could mention a lot of other things, like creeping into the kids' rooms on the last night and pouring water on their beds so that when they wake up in the morning, they think they've had an accident. All the complaints, uh, all the complaints from the staff about the kids blowing their noses on the sheets, and then realizing it's actually my room, but I won't. <laughs> Um, now that was the end of theirs right and I, I I thought the teacher sounds ace the head teacher sounds like a nightmare but the bit when they said uh, I could mention lots of other things like creeping into the kids rooms on the last night and pouring water on their beds I don't know if them kids are actually in the room at the time because if they are he is he's not afraid to push the boundaries is he this lad yeah well he might be emailing from Strange Ways Library we don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, just let me know. I'm in cell block B. Uh, <laughs> yeah, pouring, just been battered for pouring water on me inmate's cell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he thought it was a laugh. Hey, you've wet yourself. <laughs> oh, I'm sharing a cell with lamb chop feet, Dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Piggy's next door. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, right, I, I, I've been getting the people, the guests to give us, like, teacher or the student on this one, right? So if you had to pick a side, okay, like if you're for the teacher or against the teacher on it, what would you say? Uh, me, as a, an individual, I'm definitely for the teacher. I think it's great. Uh, <laughs> me too. If, however, if I was on the, like, Ofsted board, <laughs> I'd probably <laughs> go a different route. But, I'm, you know, from a compliance point of view, against him but in any other aspect of life you've got before that teacher on uh, <laughs> if he can tap me up for a pint if he ever sees me at a gig oh. <laughs> I like that the fact you put looked at it from the point of view of Ofsted and I just imagine imagine them being like I was having a laugh and it's like yeah that's not on the criteria <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got I got um, I got used as Ofsted fodder in year 8 we had Ofsted in and I couldn't swim, and the, and the PE teacher was like, an ang he's head teacher now, but this PE teacher was an angry, angry little man with a squeaky voice. So it couldn't, you know, really stereotypical PE teacher where it's just berating you, basically. And he used to storm in the like dressing room if we're messing out, very faithful, kicking the cages for football, Throwing his bib on the floor, and he'd go, "Lay, you are." <laughs> Joe, like, squeak, Joe, squally votes. 
So he's talking about Offset and he's drilling it into us like we don't behave like dickheads. And he went, oh, and, the, and they're checking the swimming. I couldn't swim. So he went, oh, yeah, on Wednesday, you've got grommets. <laughs> Did you have a pool at your school? Yeah. That's top, that. Yeah, it was haunted, though. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, hang on. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> It was meant, the, the myth was it was on. It used to be in, it used to be a nunnery like way back ages ago. And right, it's haunted by two nuns apparently. <laughs> what doing bre- breaststroke? Oh, they the pearl. Oh, this is right. Last day year eleven was a fucking men. Oh, mate, such a sick day, right? So this has just come to me as well. Two two really good stories here, right? Now I won two awards in in my school life. Year ten best in English. And an award on, on, on year eleven Leavers Day, right? I, I've got I've still got the year ten award. My mum's still got it, pride of place in her bedroom, right? The other one has been confounded to history. I'll tell you why. <laughs> <laughs> the, to build up to this Leavers Assembly, right? Our head to, our head of year, should I say, Mr. Armsby. He was all right, he was a bit of a knob. He used to chat shit. Joe, he used to give assemblies where we'd go, um, He'd just make up some story, Joe, to try and teach horror. <laughs> but bit like you in a bank robbery. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> get on black. But but he, he, he was it was a bit like Jay from in between us, but in a team. Right, but, yeah, yeah. But in a team because um, <laughs> one of them you went, I was I was I was I was playing football the other you know, on, on Sunday some he was talking you know, talk about work ethic or whatever. And the ball goes out for a throw in. And who kicks me the ball? Roy Keane walking. He's talking. He went, you're a good player, you. You know, just think <laughs> Bullshit. And he, he used to wear, um, like, a bit like cowboy boots. They weren't cowboy boots, but they made they made a, a clipping sound Joe, when they walked on a corridor. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. You know, the, the, like a stereo. Like a heel. Yeah. I get what that, you mean. It's like a heel. That heel sound. When he'd walk into a room, a classroom, he'd open the he'd open the door like it was a saloon door, and he's I like the fucking Clint Eastwood walked in. That's what he was like. He'd, yeah, it's like you know he'd try and do it as a surprise, like just burst the door open and just stand like yeah. two staple guns on his hips. Yeah, stand <laughs> and observe that people are doing well because he wanted to catch you at it. It's that kind of person. One day, this is, I'm, I'm on a tangent here, but this is brilliant. This was, per, I've, I've never achieved comic timing as good as this, right? I wish I could take credit for it, but it's that good. I, can't, I just can't, right? So, Ormsby's known for this, like, bursting door open with his clipping shoes, like his Clint Eastwood. <laughs> We're doing a mock exam in, in, in class, in science class, and Ormsby burst in. First thing, door swings open, clipping shoes. He looks all, you know, like smouldering, like Clint Eastwood. And my mate on his phone just pressed play and it went. Broke me, mate. It was fucking superb. <laughs> mate, I just had the time it he was shut. Because he let him stand there throughout. Three seconds before, but oh, mate, one of the best moments ever. Anyway, <laughs> that's just an insight to Mr. Rawls, be quite serious guy. So he's saying, 
we're going to have some end of year awards, a bit like Oscars, where you can vote for your friend to win an award or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. In a bit. It's cringy as fuck. But, but the kids could make up their own categories and all that. And if they got enough votes, it's like a petition system. If you got over 30 votes or whatever, then they got an award on Leavers Day. But you went, we're not having any, any anyone trying to do anything that's that's bullying. You know, like fightest of the year or whatever, or ugliest of the year. Yeah. We're, not, we're not standing for that and you'll get disciplined. Don't want any joke ones, right? I hear this rumour start flying about, about me and an award I'm getting. I mean, I just... <laughs> But I, I see it as an insult or bullying, it fall into the bullying category. So if I, he's not going to let it wash, right? Gets there, leave us there, right? So some awards have been announced, all like nicest girl of the year, shit like that. And he just goes, right, the next award. <laughs> and I know he's in, because I can smell him already. <laughs> 2007, Tramp of the Year, Jake Hutchinson. <laughs> And they have to walk from the back of the back of the assembly hall to the front. <laughs> That's brutal. And then all the kids start going, tramp, 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 <laughs> And I'm there like that, but I'm probably like, I'm dying inside. <laughs> yeah. Like, he said, I'll, I'll let them do it because I know you'd, you'd take it in good humour and all that. So, well, <laughs> that's a bit of a risk, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so that was Lever's Day's got off to a flyer for the. So that, but that, but that was that was your head teacher that that of, put you through that. Yeah, yeah. Head of year, right? <laughs> but the head teacher then was that little um, uh, your PE teacher, the one that was a nightmare. No, he's head teacher now. After I'd gone, ah, uh, we uh, so the character building that journey. So, mate. so, the, uh, so part two of Lever's Day. You know, you're, you're all a bit hyper, you know, you're signing shirts, all that kind of stuff, all sort of hijinks is going on. Now, we had this swimmer in our year, Chris Rains. Mate, he'd beat a shark. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's one of them kids that's just unnatural. Like, he had gills. Right. <laughs> he was rapid. Like, say, if we had, he used to represent England, all that, do you know what I mean? He was proper elite level. So, say, if... Um, when we was doing like interform days, so where we played to at football, different sports. Yeah. If it was swimming, because he was in my farm, Chris, so we had a guaranteed, we had a guaranteed medal on the board for swimming. Yeah. Swimming and water polo, right? So, yeah, uh, if we was doing, if we was doing swimming, it was a two length race. All the other people had a one length head start, and he'd still win. That's how good he was, mate. It was mate. I can't. He, he used to dive in. And then just be at the other end of the pool. So he was. What, what's what's his name? Chris Rains. Chris Rains. I love it. Is he um, still swimming no, now? No, 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 no. He, 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 <laughs> he gave up like competitively when he was like fifteen or whatever. He was just youth level, unbelievable. Mate. It was class. So anyway, it was a bit. The, the swimming teacher was a bit of a knob, right. old guy, bit of a fucking knobhead. And there was a rumour flying around that I was, he'd been swimming teacher there for like 30 years. And there was a rumour going around that he couldn't swim. <laughs> despite, right. despite me just swimming. <laughs> that was you know, one of them rumours that just get out of hand. And you went, yeah, yeah. I don't fucking swim. <laughs> just, People getting him armbands for Secret Santa yeah. and all that. <laughs> I 
on the last day is um is by the pool, John. Like John and them weird guard weird gardeners. Like half a father when he send us who loved his allotment. He's a bit like that with his <laughs> 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 a bit of a dated reference, but <laughs> <laughs> so you know, like takes pride in the pride in the poop. Yeah, yeah. Like, like don't want to see any inflatables in there, and take pH <laughs> samples. He was that kind of freak. Right? <laughs> Is this poo? Uh, don't get it wet. <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> so he's by the pool, and um, a few a few of us have gone by. Chris Rains at the. At, you know, the leader. Now, they have, like, a love-hate relationship. It's about it's a bit like Fergie and Beckham. Like, they, they both needed each other, but they hated each other. Do you know what I mean? Uh, on the last day, Chris had been battered by him. You know, he's one of them, like, proper air-dryer treatments, trying to get him better and all that kind of stuff. Well, I think Chris would have benefit, benefited more from an arm around the shoulder. But they... Yeah, a, sh- a shawl shine, yeah. uh, you know. In Red, that's yeah. Mr. Shaw. Triffit, tri- Triffit player, Triffit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Shaw, right, he's, he's by, by the pool side, obviously, like, uh, as he always is. And Chris Rain's going, oh, someone's left something at the bottom of the pool there. And Shaw's like, what? And leans over, Chris Rain's pushes him in to see if he could swim. <laughs> Mate, it was fucking carnage. It was all running down the corridor. And we look back, and he did, like, something proper comic book style. He put his fist in the air and went, Rains! <laughs> As he, like, up to his chest in water. <laughs> well, you know, he could he could swim and he dispelled the <laughs> So he should be... Yeah, he could swim. His feet could touch the bottom. Yeah, so he should be, should be grateful. <laughs> <laughs> that, mate, that's bold, that. Um, did, well, I suppose, as it was the last day as well, did he get any, uh, any flack off that, Chris? They, they threatened him of not letting him sit his GCSEs. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's bold, that, mate. Um, what, so what was the other one? You say in English you got your award? Yeah, I got best in English in year 10. Because like, we've spoke about this um, after gigs and stuff like that, but um, you're actually like, you enjoy writing, don't you? I used to. Used to not anymore because you're like you you've written some decent poems and stuff, haven't you? Oh, decent. What was what, what was the one you told me about? Um, was it for Innocent Smoothie? Oh no no, no. <laughs> that was, there was that was a dark day. That's <laughs> um, it. But like, no, that's like if you that's like a, a locked filing cabinet in my mind warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> Arm guards around it. Yeah, I used to. I, I basically when I was, I had all this surge of creativity and didn't really know how to, you know, express it because I didn't know how to start doing stand up. Do you know what I mean? Well, let's get. I tell it then. What did you think at school you wanted to be stand up? Yeah, I did my first. I did. I tried stand up when I was eight in a talent contest. Bloody hell! Yeah. But, right. Well, mind you, you were coming into your heyday. You probably thought this is the time. This is the time. But I'd, written, I'd used to write plays and stories, and really, really good at English. Like I got, you know, if you're doing an essay on a book or whatever, I used to get like top marks and stuff like that. Things. And the English teacher said he could go on to be a novelist, playwright, and write TV shows. He's 
just got everything. So me English, me English teacher was one that really, um, I was a bit like a teacher's pet where she proper yeah. big me up and everything. So I, I just got, but then when you kind of leave school and you don't have to write, kind of lost, lost that a little bit lost that creativity and and stuff like even when I'm writing stand-up I rarely write it it's kind of just comes to me and I just I don't, I don't have much written down because so like throughout throughout lockdown then have you found it just like well yeah you've not written anything no throughout lockdown I've actually started a novel um to try and get myself writing but I, start, I think you might have told me about this briefly. Yeah. But yeah, I'm t- sorry, I'm cutting you off no, here. Like, like I say, I started a year ago and I'm, I'm very stop-start on it. Whereas when I was in my heyday, I'd, I'd write loads and loads and loads and loads. <coughs> um, but yeah, I used to send... I, I had this surge of creativity when I was about 18, 19. So I knew I wanted to start stand-up, but didn't really know how to start. Do you know what I mean? I had, yeah. I had these ideas for shows, uh, these all these daft ideas that I wanted to express somehow, and I just wanted to get it out there in some way. And I thought, in your know, like innocent movies, you have like wacky packaging, or yeah, yeah. wackaging. If if you listen to the Ellis John podcast, they call it wackaging, don't they? <laughs> and I cringe at it now. When I see Wackaging now, it really makes me toe curl. I wanted to add to it, so I'd email Innocent Smoothies, cringy ideas and stuff like that, um, write poems to the local paper. Um, but that, that was all a, a precursor into trying stand-up. It was all building up towards getting the confidence to start stand-up. So that's interesting, though, because like, I've... I enjoy poetry, but like in terms of writing it, I, I would never, it wouldn't be like something I would go to immediately. Yeah. Um, but like th- it was like through that, then you started writing jokes and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd written this um, newsletter for Tameside Council um, and that was kind of, when I got there, it was, it was dead dry and stuff. And then I just, I went, can I write it from now on? Because no one really reads it anyway. Can I just write it? Just So I had a, a task then to write Mm. So I got in the flow of writing and I just used to add little jokes in it here and there in the newsletter. And then it, you know, I just thought, I'm, fuck it, I'm going to give it a try and did comedy billion. And then here we are. Because like the stuff, the stuff I've seen you pump out on Twitter over the past like a uh, few weeks, because I know a lot you've worked a lot in call centre and stuff like that, but have, have you scripted them before? Or are you just saying it, you know, like off, off, off? off the cuff so to speak no no it's uh, it's I know what the punchline is I know how to get there so the odd word might be different um, but yeah but, I, it was, it was, but like they're good though the, the jester one I had the idea and I just bought a jester costume and then <laughs> bought, mm. bought a jester costume just to do it and then filmed it the day. so I'd have an idea and I'd film it the day after so it doesn't I don't lose that enthusiasm yeah. For it, do you know what I mean? Well, are you going to do more of them? I'm just taking it on a, if an idea comes to me, I don't do it. Um, I'm definitely going to tell people to check out your, your Twitter feed because them videos you put up are piss funny. Yeah, just have, they're not very high up or anything. Just scroll that. Go on, you know, just find them. There's about, how I many is there? Four, four or five videos, I think. Um, they're good. Yeah, nice one, mate. Uh, 
Trey Hutcher underscore 91. Nice and easy to find, nice and marketable, that, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so Trey Hutcher underscore 91. If I do finish my book, I'll come back on the podcast and plug it, if that's all right. By all means, mate. That was great to have Jamie on the show and uh, I told you that award he got at school was brutal. (laughs) I mean, to stand on stage and have a room full of people shout tramp at you uh, with with the fact that a teacher's instigated it, that's uh, that's character building. (laughs) But yeah, A-star Jamie on the show. Massive thank you to the teacher that sent that one in. I mean, if you've got any more that spring to mind, you know where to find me. I would love to make more episodes and uh, yeah, if they're anything like that story, I imagine they will be absolutely brilliant. So thank you very much. Next week's episode is a special edition as my guest is Alexander Price, who is the man behind the blog, The Provoked Pedagogue. You might have heard me speak about this a couple of weeks ago, but he was in the news for having recently been struck off for two years after his anonymous blog, which he wrote about his time at a school, came to light the school he worked in. Um, when I first saw the news article on the BBC, I thought there's way more to this than meets the eye because he'd said within the article what he said has been taken completely out of context. And, uh, you know, if you read all the blogs in their entirety, you would realise it's not come from uh, a mean-spirited angle. I've since read the blogs and having spoken to Alex, it is impossible not to think that he has been massively twisted and moulded to kind of fit the bracket that the school and, you know, the media want it to come across as. Uh, we had a really good conversation and um, it's it's very enlightening, I would say, so definitely stick around for it because the ongoings within that school and the level of corruption that was going on uh, when you compare you know a man who used an anonymous blog as an exercise just to have a bit of fun and release some stress to you know a school that is incredibly corrupt and management that are abusing their position of authority you can't compare the two in my opinion they're just they're like worlds apart in terms of what's morally right and wrong So it was really, really good to sit and speak to him. And uh, I think it's made for a very, very good episode. So there'll be no story next week that I'll be sharing apart from Alex's story. And, uh, you know, we talk about the blog, as I say, and the ongoings within the school. But it is very, very interesting. And uh, yeah, well worth sticking around for because it makes you feel like you've got another full story before you can make a judgment on something. And uh, I'm really, really happy that he uh, agreed to chat to me. But yeah, until then, look after yourselves and take it easy. Staff Room Podcast is produced by me, Harry Stacchini, artwork by Poppy Spinks, and the soundtrack by James McGraw.